I'm calling in the creator to the CEO who crave creating community and cash to create it like a boss. With me, Katrina Julia, as your host, multi-passionate entrepreneur, creator, and CEO who has walked from fear to faith, self-hate to love, corporate to calling, and continues to with experience in seven plus industries, 7,000 plus creators, and startups, two creators to Fortune 500 brands, including Google, NBC, Victoria's Secret, and more. If you are ready to create it like never before in faith, wellness, wealth, marketing, business, travel, and more, this is the show for you. If this is your time to have freedom in all forms as you create it like a boss, let's create it. Welcome to top 10 things to do in Cyprus. So if you didn't know, I just spent an incredible month from December 28th to um, last Thursday, uh, the, what date was that? (laughs) Anyway, I spent a month in Cyprus. I don't have a calendar up in front of me right now. Um, I literally just got to Egypt. Today's the 30th. 29th, 28th, 27th, 26th, 25th. So from the 28th to the 25th, I spent a month in Cyprus. Um, I could have just pulled up the calendar, I know, but sometimes, you know, we like to keep things interesting. So uh, Cyprus was became on my list for a number of reasons. If you haven't heard of Cyprus in the past, it is a beautiful island located to the south of Europe and the north of Africa. It is known for its history, its culture, archaeological treasures, natural beauty, mythology and legends, biblical history, Mediterranean food, and proximity to destinations, including Bulgaria, which is where I was when I decided to go to Cyprus. With my travel to seven continents, now 37 plus countries, Cyprus stood out to me as an ideal destination to travel to with its direct flight with Wizair, hashtag not sponsored yet, from Varna, Bulgaria, an incredible weather in winter. So I shared on my creator confessions, if you haven't listened to that series yet, especially for December and how December deviated, I definitely invite you to do that. Um, How I ended up being sick in December more than I have the last seven plus years, you guys. It was crazy, like super crazy on many different levels. And I knew I needed to shift several different things again. And Cyprus stood out to me for all of those reasons being, and I didn't want to, sometimes I don't mind at all. Like in, when I was leaving Merida, Mexico to go to Canada, I talked about this in the November confessions. I didn't mind because I felt fine all month. I was like, oh, no problem. I'll get up at 2 a.m., leave my Airbnb, take a bus from uh, Merida to Cancun, hop on a flight to, I had to stop somewhere. Uh, I think Chicago, then take a flight from there to Canada and then to wake up the next morning to go an Herbalife event for the rest of the weekend and be high, high energy for my birthday. Like I didn't mind because I felt great. But this time with being sick, like literally at one point, like I was sick when I came to Varna from Sofia. I ended up having a horrible cold, which again, normally those of you that know me know, I hardly, rarely, if, there's been times where I haven't been sick for two to three years, like seriously. Um, 
so I came sick, then I got better, then the next week I threw up, then I ended up getting bronchitis near pneumonia and had like the worst chest pain I've ever had in my life. Like it scared me for like two plus, like the chest pain lasted like four days, but I was super sick and delirious for like two weeks almost. So in any event, back to Cyprus. Uh, I didn't want to travel like I did when I left Merida. I knew I wanted a direct flight, easy, get me there. Um, during my full-time travels in Cyprus, I stayed in North Cyprus near Kyrenia in a town. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, uh, but I spelled it right. Kuker and Koi for a month and rented a car so I could go on road trips all around Cyprus. So before going to Cyprus, I was researching and found that there's definitely differences, which I'll talk about more in a bit, between North and South Cyprus. And compared to other countries in Europe or compared to other countries, you know, in Central and South America or just other destinations all around the world, I realized I wasn't going to be finding public transportation as easily. And for example, years ago when I traveled to India, I quickly discovered the smartest way to travel was via a private driver. And we hired, I hired a private driver for around $500 for I think like nine-ish days, something like that. Now don't quote me on that because I don't know what it costs now. It's been a while. Um, and similar in that vein, I discovered very quickly in researching Cyprus and if I wanted to see what I wanted to see and then the costs of traveling by taxi, that it was way more economical for me to rent a car. And I adored my Airbnb stay in Cyprus in a two-story townhome that was heavily discounted for the month and for the season in a beautiful residential area for less than half of what I would pay for rent in Atlanta. Hashtag girl math. I posted a post about this on my Instagram at Katrina Julia Fit, and it's also linked in my blog. If you go to this specific blog, um, you can head on over to the link in the show notes. The first link within there will take you to the website and then you can search by blog or you can go directly fitlifecreation.com backslash blog. So it is time to put Cyprus on your bucket list. Whether you spend a day, a week, a month, like I did, you will love it. So Cyprus is historically and culturally known for so many aspects. The, the country boasts a history that spans thousands of years with influences from ancient civil, civilizations going back to biblical times, the Greeks, the Romans, the Byzantines, the Ottomans. This rich tapestry of culture is definitely impacted and reflected and influenced and its architecture, its traditions, its food. It's strategically located literally at the crossroads of Europe, Asia, Africa as a strategic geopolitical position that has shaped its history and culture. And it definitely serves as a bridge between the East and the West amazingly beautiful beaches. I posted an amazing Instagram um, on Ayanapa and the Konos Beach where I visited. There's definitely more beaches I would love to visit um, if and when I go back. And there's golden sands to secluded coves. The beach I went on, went to was only like knee deep or less for at least 300 meters ish out. There's definitely a beach for every preference, whether you're seeking relaxation, water sports, or sunsets. Um, in doing my research, I found, like for me, the beaches I ten tended to like the most were in the Ayanapa location, but you have beaches all along the coast from Limassol, I mean, it's an island, so everywhere. Um, I definitely like the ones in Kirenia too, but they didn't have as many water sports, which right now was colder, both the water and outside, despite you know the sunshine the majority of the time. 
The weather stayed about 60-ish degrees Fahrenheit for the most part. Um, so for some of you, that may be super warm. For me, I'm more of a 85 degree Fahrenheit plus girl. <laughs> so archaeological treasures. It is the wealth. Um, it is home to a wealth of archaeological sites and ancient ruins, including the UNESCO World Heritage listed Tomb of the Kings in Paphos, which I also cover a ton of these, you guys, including that in on my YouTube channel at Limitless Global Girl. And those are all hyperlinked in this blog. We can definitely head on over straight to at Limitless Global Girl and go to the Cyprus playlist. The ancient city of Corion and Salami ruins, which I also visited near Famagusto. These sites offer a glimpse into the island's storied past. In the Bible, it is said that Salami is where Paul and Barnabas first preached with the Acts Church in the New Testament. Food. Cypriot cuisine is a delightful and delicious fusion of Mediterranean flavors featuring seafood, produce, herbs and spices, mezes, which is similar to like tapas. Turkish and Greek cuisine are just a few of the highlights of the island's food. I had, you guys, one of the best meals of my life in Agora in Paphos, which with an incredible um, salad with sesame seeds, tomatoes, cucumbers. I had some of the best vegan-ish quesadillas, uh, this incredible chickpea with couscous. I mean, the food was, oh my God, I was drooling on myself. And it's also in my video, in the video in Paphos in the playlist. So North versus South Cyprus, they differ in several different ways due to history, political, and cultural factors, and I definitely experienced some of them. So I landed at about 9.30 p.m., and the owner told me I should be okay to cross the border and the insurance people should still be there. Now, Katrina, what do you mean by insurance people? So glad you asked. Uh, when you are in North Cyprus, you have to have additional liability insurance for the car. Additional. Because in essence, North and South Cyprus are, even though they're the same country, they're different. Um, I'll talk more about that in a minute. So I had to pay $35. And when I got there, the insurance person was not there. They had just left 35 minutes ago. So then... I was like, okay, let me go to the Metahan Crossing, which was my initial inclination. But the owner was like, oh, they should be there. La, la, la. Well, it's off season. So they weren't. And or they have different hours all the time. And so by the time I got to the Metahan Crossing in Nicosia, the capital, they told me the insurance people had just left 30 minutes before. So you have immigration and border control. Like when you're going from the south, you go through, quote unquote, the European Union zone and the Greek side. And then when you're entering in the north side, which is quote unquote the Turkish side, more on that in a minute, um, you have to show your passport and documentation again. And if you are renting a car, you have to show and get the liability insurance if you don't have it yet. Now, if you have it, like later when I purchased it the next morning for the 35 euros it was, um, then it doesn't matter if the insurance people are not because you just show your document. But when you're buying it for the first time, they have to be there. And you cannot buy it online. Trust me, I researched and tried and asked um, in case I missed something when I bought it. Um, and that's as of now, 2024, January. And as a non-EU citizen, my Polish passport is expired even though I was born in Poland. I had to go to the Metahan crossing, Crimea crossing in Nicosia every time when I was passing through north or south as it is a non-military crossing and US citizens may pass. So I have a fun story that you can maybe ask me if you ever meet me in person about the non, uh, about the military one, but I won't talk about it. I can't talk about it on the, on the podcast. So 
Political status. The most notable difference between North and South Cyprus is their political. South Cyprus is internationally recognized as the Republic of Cyprus, a member state of the EU and the UN with its capital Nicosia. Now, North Cyprus, which is where I live for the month, you know, for the most part, other than the road trips that I'll talk about, and the landing, which was in Larnaca, is only recognized by Turkey and operates as a Turkish Republic of North Cyprus, TRNC, with its capital, North Nicosia. So Cyprus has been divided since 1974 when Turkish forces invaded the island in response to a Greek Cypriot coup aimed at unifying Cyprus with Greece. This resulted in the de facto division of the island with into the Greek Cypriot controlled Republic of Cyprus in the south and the Turkish Cyprus Cypriot controlled TRNC, the Turkish Republic of North Cyprus in the north. The United Nations buffer zone, also known as the Green Line, separates the two re regions in the city of Nicosia. Very, very interesting, right? And complicated government and administration, but I guess they agreed to disagree, right? To keep it simple. <laughs> Ish. South Cyprus un operates under a unitary presidential republic system with Greek Cypriots as the majority population, has a single government administration. In contrast, North operates as a self-declared state with parliamentary republic system predominantly inhabited by Turkish Cypriots. It has its own government and administration separate from the Republic of Cyprus. And you literally, in some degrees, feel like you are in different countries because in the South, uh, you see the influence of the Greek and the Greek food and the Greek culture and the Greek colors and the Euro. In the North, you see the influence of the Turkish culture, history, um, um, oh my God, goodness, I can't think of it right now, Hamans and so many different things that you typically would see like in Istanbul and the Turkish Lira. International recognition. While the Republic of Cyprus is recognized internationally as the legitimate government of the island, the TRNC is only recognized by Turkey. This lack of international recognition has significant implications for issues like trade, tourism, and diplomatic relations. The economies of North and South. The economies, like I shared, are different due to their political status and the international recognition. South Cyprus is a member of EU, benefits from access to EU markets, investment, and funding. It has a more diversified economy with sectors like tourism, finance, and services playing significant roles. With North lacking, in comparison, international recognition sometimes faces challenges in accessing markets and investment. Its economy relies heavily on sectors such as tourism, education, and agriculture with support from Turkey. While both regions share a common Cypriot identity and heritage, they also have distinct cultural influences, and you will definitely feel them and see them when and if you visit. The South Cyprus, as I shared, is has stronger ties to Greek cultures and traditions, including the language, the religion with Greek orthodoxy and cuisine. And you do have some non-denominational too. I definitely saw some churches that were non-denominational. North Cyprus, influenced by Turkish culture, has closer ties to Turkey, including the language, including religion, Islamic, and cuisine. However, both exhibit cultural diversity and a blend of influences, which of course cannot be stopped, that have inhabited the island throughout history. Overall, the division of 
Cyprus into the north and south has resulted in distinct political, economic, and social landscapes, which reflect the complex history and geopolitical dynamics of the island. Efforts to reunify Cyprus remain ongoing, but face clearly significant challenges due to these political differences, security concerns, and presence of several foreign powers. It is not easy to narrow down top 10 things to do in Cyprus, but here goes. Number one, visit Kyrenia Castle in North Cyprus. Number two, experience Bella Pice Monastery and Village in North Cyprus. Number three, walk Salami Ruins and imagine the history and culture in North Cyprus. So I picked those top, those first three intentionally because I wanted to pick things that were closer to me and easier accessible as I was staying in North Cyprus. Number four, spend the day in Larnaca and visit St. Lazarus Church. Old Town and Flamingos on the Beach at Sunset. Those were a pleasant surprise because I didn't think it was a season, and it is. Immerse yourself in a beach day near Ayanapa in South Cyprus. Number six, take a road trip to Ayanapa for the day or longer in South Cyprus. Side note, you guys, I didn't mention it, but I ended up finding my rental car on Priceline for $300 via Avis slash budget. So definitely game changer and definitely saved money as if I would have ordered a taxi from the airport just to get to my place and back. That alone would have been $140 just for one trip. And that's not counting all the other trips that I've taken or would have taken. It would have cost me easily over $1,000 if I didn't have a rental car. Easily. Climb the the Lover's Bridge in Ayanapa in South Cyprus. Number eight, travel to Paphos for archaeology, markets, and food. Number nine, marvel at Aphrodite's Rock in between Paphos and Limassol in South Cyprus on the coast. Number 10, visit Nicosia's Old Town, the capital of Cyprus. If you have time, definitely visit the Hammam. I didn't go. They have a women's only time currently on Thursdays. Um, I meant to go one Thursday, but then shifted my time. Then my mom was there and it was sunny that day. So we did something else. But if I go back, that's something I would definitely do. And actually looking backwards, I spent um, a half a day in Nicosia. And looking back, I would have spent less time and gone to, I would recommend less time in the city, explore the old town quickly, um, go up and see the views, which I'll talk about in a bit, and then go to the Haman, especially if you love self-love and care. So it's a must. I believe it's a must for any global travelers list for its mystery, beauty, and culture. And not to mention, it's not a frequently talked about travel destination. It's more off the beaten path. Um, The languages, Greek and English and South Cyprus, Turkish and English and North. Climate is hot and dry summers from mid-May to mid-October and mild slash rainy slash rather changeable winters from November to mid-March. I had mostly sunshine. Um, I had a couple of, on average, like one half days to one to two days-ish of rain a week. So it was very, very pleasant. Lots of sunshine. Currency in the South, Euros in the North, Turkish Lira. Banks um, are everywhere. Debit and credit cards are accepted almost everywhere, even in villages. So you can easily typically pay with your card. Travel to Cyprus. Um, Travel to Cyprus is easy with all major airlines flying in and through Larnaca, Paphos, and Nicosia. I flew to Larnaca, Cyprus from Varna via Wizz Air. Hashtag, like I said, not sponsored yet. And rented the car. 
and um, ended up literally taking so many different road trips. I learned how to drive UK style with the steering wheel on the opposite side and driving on the opposite sides versus USA. It was I definitely had to keep reminding myself and it was nerve wracking at first, but I got better and better and better. And um, it was really, it was super interesting. So it was just interesting to experience that for the first time. My intention before traveling to most destinations I'm traveling to for more than a month is to stay at one Airbnb. I am so grateful I found the beautiful Airbnb that I found with Pia and her friends that ended up investing in this beautiful home and they were super, super nice in so many ways, like any questions I had. I have photos of the Airbnb um, and it's also in my behind the scenes um, and I also posted a reel of it as well at Katrina Julia Fit. So undoubtedly, Cyprus offers countless experiences in the country and island, and I experienced a lot during my one month. I would love to travel to Cyprus again when it's even warmer to spend more time at the beach, diving, and kite surfing. Uh, Cyprus is definitely known, I was reading as well, it's definitely known for its uh, kite surfing um, during specific seasons. And like I said, for, for some of you, it may, you know, be extra warm to still go, but with the water temperatures being below 60 ish degrees Fahrenheit and the outside temperature on average being the same for me, like I went in a couple times to the beach in the water, maybe up to like my knees ish, but I had zero desire to run around freezing afterwards. So in that sense, and um, no matter how much time you have to visit Cyprus, make the most of it. Whether you spend, you know, a day or a week or a month, definitely make your travels your own. You know, take what I share with a grain of salt. Always tune in with yourself the most is what I always say. And um, what I shared is what I considered how I would experience travels, knowing what I know now to make it easier and more enjoyable for you. And obviously, depending on where you stay, like some of this itinerary, you may flip you know, on its own, you know, may flip on its head or you may reverse it or make it backwards because if you stay in the north, then definitely a lot of what I share at first makes sense. But if you share it in the south, then you may do some other things first and, and, and or you may prefer to do other things first, you know, so again, completely up to you. So I love visit number one, visit Kirenia Castle. I love visiting places that I will never forget and that stand out exponentially. And when I Googled, you know, what to do and what to see in North Cyprus, and I found Kidania Castle and it stood out in more ways than one as one of the biggest castles I've ever seen, sunken ship findings, unique church, and a beautiful coast surrounding the castle. So hashtag beautiful, hashtag um, can we say Instagrammable, incredible content too for my content creators out there. So Kirene Castle, located in Kirenia, which is uh, said Kirene in Turkish, in northern Cyprus, has a history that spans over a thousand years. While the exact dates of its construction is uncertain, the origins of the castle may definitely be traced back to the Byzantine period, likely in the 7th century AD. However, the current structure of the castle primarily dates to the 16th century during the Venetian rule of Cyprus. The castle underwent significant renovations and expansions during different periods of its history, including modifications made by the Byzantines, the Venetians, the Ottomans, and more. These renovations were aimed at fortifying the castle's defenses and adapting it to changing military technologies and threats of its time. I, You guys, not like lollygagging, but just making it efficient and going through the castle 
between exploring, between walking along the, the views along the coast, like it's easy to spend about two hours. And I paid at the time three euros, which is incredible because I've gone to many destinations around the world and seen less and paid more. So that's another thing I noticed about Cyprus that it's tourism and places to discover are very, very, very accessible and oftentimes free, uh, which I'll talk more about that in some of the other locations too. So today, Kirinia Castle stands out as a remarkable testament to the island's medieval past and serves as a prominent landmark overlooking the Kirinia Harbor. Its age and historical significance make it a popular destination for tourists and history enthusiasts offering a glimpse into the Cyprus's rich cultural heritage. It's super cool to also see the sunken ship where they uncovered the hole, I think in the 70s, if I remember correctly. And it's in an adjacent section you'll see within the castle that you can access as well. And I actually visited the castle twice because I took my mom. So I went first by myself and you can see some incredible content I created on my Instagram with me walking in the castle. And then the second time I went with my mom and also posted some pics and different things behind the scenes. And it's amazing for so many reasons and so many ways. And I didn't mind at all going twice at all. Um, number two, experience Bella Pais Monastery and Village. So in Googling, gotta love Dr. Google, uh, things to see in North Cyprus. I also came across Bella Pais Monastery and also the visit um, North Cyprus Instagram as well. And it's, you'll be so glad you did. Driving up to the village on increasingly smaller streets was quite an adventure itself. Like I literally, you know, was driving and the streets were getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And there's a lot, most of them were two-way. And at one point, you guys, it was hilarious. At one point, I started to go down this street that was like on the edge of the side of a cliff and then this other car starts coming and they start telling me like go straight in this nook and then they're gonna go and then you back up and go this way and i just started laughing i was like okay yeah i'm definitely doing good driving the uk way but this is beyond my skill set so these two guys i didn't know where they were from who they were nothing were walking by but i've found that typically especially when you are in a certain country or in different countries usually most locals drive better than you and i asked like randomly zero fear felt zero fear in my spirit and my gut asked this guy like walking by i was like hey can you back up the car for me and park it there because there was this little parking lot on the side that my spirit had been prompting me to park there and just walk the rest of the way because it was only 0.2 miles away but i was like oh no i got it should have listened and because on one side of me, it was like this cliff, okay? On the other side of me was this wall. And I, my car, the car they gave me was tiny, this tiny Kia, which was perfect for driving like in these crazy places, right? But I was like, okay, I could easily see myself like falling down this cliff or hitting this wall and having to like literally buy this car in Cyprus with the amount of charges they would charge me for wrecking it. I mean, I had liability insurance, so I wouldn't, but still, you know what I mean? And then nobody wants to deal with that kind of drama like when you're traveling period or in life period right so like i asked this guy and he just laughed and i and you could tell he barely spoke english because he like confirmed and he's like you want me to take the car and move it and move it there like kind of like just pointing right and i was like yeah and he spoke like a tiny bit of english and he was just like laughing because he's like this crazy girl like is trusting me the complete stranger to like take her rental car and move it back like 200 meters to this parking and she's clearly not afraid, doesn't care if I like take off with the car. And I did it. I didn't care. It's not that I didn't care, but I had zero fear. Like I just felt it in my spirit. Like this is a good guy, good people. 
And then so he did it. He's like putting pointing thumbs up and like, you know, showing me different things. I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you. And I was like, you know, people usually understand like, where are you from? By the way, he's like, oh, I was like, where are you from? He's like, I'm from Syria. Super nice guy. Parked my car. I walked the rest of the way. Uh, Belafai's Monastery and Village, which is located in the north part of Cyprus, is definitely captivating for its history. The architecture is amazing, guys. It's also on the edge of the coast of the um, North Cyprus. And you'll experience a historical background, architectural marvel, and incredible breathtaking views. So the Belafai's Monastery is also known as the Abbey of Peace. It dates back to the 12th century when it was founded by Augustinian monks. The monastery flourished during the medieval period and served as a center of religious worship, learning, and cultural exchange. Its strategic location atop a hill is incredible for spiritual solace, reflection, and strategic defense. And the architect architecture of it is exquisitely gothic. It has beautiful, huge arches. I also posted about it a couple of times on my Instagram. Intricate stonework and vaulted ceilings. Its main attraction is, is its beautifully preserved church with stunning frescoes, carvings, and a serene, incredible courtyard. And visitors may also explore the cloisters, the chapels, and living quarters, each offering glimpses into the monks' daily lives. It's set aside the backdrop of the five-finger mountain range that's in Cyprus and overlooking the incredible blue or azure waters of the Mediterranean Sea. Belapais offers breathtaking panoramic views of the surrounding countryside. Whether you're exploring the monastery or wandering through the village streets, you will love the incredible vistas that inspire awe and wonder. Number three, Salami Ruins. Walk Salami Ruins and imagine the history and culture in North Cyprus. I visited both the Salami Ruins and Barnabas Church close by on the same day. They are two historically significant sites located in North Cyprus near the city of Famagusta, Ghazi Maguza is how it's uh, said, I believe, in Turkish. Here's what you can expect to discover each of these fascinating sites. Salami Ruins is an ancient city that was once a thriving city located on the east, eastern co coast of Cyprus. It dates back to 11th century BC and was inhabited by various civilizations, including the Greeks, the Romans, and the Byzantines. The archaeological site today, it stands as a testament to the city's former glory. The courtyard is actually still in relatively great con condition considering going back to 11th century. And there is extensive archaeological remains spread across a vast area. Uh, when I went, I explored all of them, the ruins of the temples, the basilicas, the theaters, the bathhouses, and other structures that offer you insight and honestly amazement of what people were able to do, you know, centuries ago, like hundreds to thousands of years ago. Some, some truly notable highlights of the ruins include the impressive amphitheater, which you guys, I walked up and down it and literally like I was imagining the thousands of spectators for theatrical performances and the gladiatorial contests, as well as the gymnasium, the marketplace slash agora and the Roman baths. And also just imagining the biblical times and which obviously some of these things didn't, you know, necessarily exist. You know, some of the structures didn't exist during the biblical times, but imagining you know, Barnabas, who was from Cyprus, returning to Cyprus with Paul and them launching the Acts Church, you know, along the coast there. 
Then you have the mythological connections. According to legends, Salome was founded by Teucer, the son of King Telamon of Salome in Greece, and was named after the nymph Salome, who was believed to be the daughter of the river god Asalpis. The scenic setting, it's so breathtaking. It's in a picturesque coastal location surrounded by the sand and the sea. The scenic beauty of the site adds to its allure and definitely makes it a popular destination for, you know, history and for nature lovers. When I went, I maybe saw 20 people the whole place. So, and I believe I paid two or three euros in cash as well to go. Um, located down the street, maybe about 10 minutes away. And I definitely recommend if you're traveling and you are going by car, I recommend you go to Barnabas church first because the GPS coordinates and the GPS directions will 100% take you to the Barnabas church correctly. Then when you leave, it's super easy. Either you remember from my podcast or you ask the locals there. When you leave, you take a left. When you go to the roundabout, you take the first left, and then you'll see clear signs to go to the right to go to Salome Ruins. Versus when I went, I picked to go to Salome Ruins first because geographically it made sense because it was the first destination closer to me as I was driving. However, the GPS coordinates that I picked directly off the TripAdvisor reviews were incorrect and actually took me like four miles down the coast. So. I was driving around through some like Turkish hotel and this like, um, I asked this like Russian guy walking by and I only know because he was Russian because he asked me if I spoke Russian. Um, And I was like, no. And then he told me like, like pointed like there, there, like around. And then I decided like, I kind of looked, but there was no signs coming from that direction. So then I decided, you know what, let me chance it and let me go to the church and then ask from there. And then the lady at the church told me. I think I also paid like two or three euros at the church. So the Barnabas Church, also known as St. Barnabas Monastery, is an important religious site dedicated to St. Barnabas, who I just talked about, one of the early Christian apostles and patron saint of Cyprus, and who helped start the Acts Church. The monastery is believed to have been founded in 5th century AD and served as a center of Christian worship and pilgrimage during the Byzantine period. It was named after St. Barnabas, who is said to have preached and performed miracles in Cyprus. Architecture. The current church complex is, it's incredible. It's a beautiful courtyard. It has a combo architectural styles uh, with influence by the Byzantine, the Gothic, and the Ottoman. The interior of the church is breathtaking. It's also in some of my videos um, on my Instagram. And then you'll also see tons of videos on my At Limitless Global Girl channel about Cyprus. I think there's three or four there. And then more shorts as well with beautiful frescoes, iconography, and religious artifacts providing visitors with a glimpse into the island's heritage. Uh, Speaking of the Icon Museum, in addition to its religious significance, it's home to an Icon Museum, which is breathtaking, you guys, the icons of the Byzantines, religious relics and artifacts, and the rich artistic and cultural traditions of of Cyprus's Christian heritage. Number four, spend the day in Larnaca. So when I landed, it was late. And so I didn't spend any time. And then I ended up spending the night in Nicosia when I couldn't cross the border because when I got to the second border crossing, they also told me the insurance people were gone. So I spent the night at um, a hotel in Nicosia. Uh, I think it was the classic hotel. And then the next morning went to the border at 8.30 a.m., paid the 35 euros for the additional insurance for North Cyprus and happily crossed through easily that time. So fun fact, if you're landing in the south, staying in the north, I recommend if you're landing late, 
spend the night Larnaca, explore Larnaca that morning and then go to the north. Uh, and that was my initial inclination too, but I ignored that note too, just like I initially ignored that parking. So listen to your spirit. Um, so I recommend if you go to Larnaca, visit the square where St. Lazarus Church is, the old town, and flamingos at sunset. My mom came to visit me for mother-daughter adventures in Cyprus, and I picked her up in Larnaca similarly the next morning after she landed because she also landed on that same direct flight from Varna. And if I would have gone to pick her up, it would have been like it gets dark like at 5 p.m. So I would have literally driven in six hours in pretty pitch black. Um, North Cyprus doesn't always have a lot of lighting. And I notice when I'm in super dark driving and not a lot of lights, I get nauseous and, and get to practice deep breathing. And it's not the most fun thing for me in the world. So I uh, picked her up the next morning and we went to explore by foot from her hotel, Old Town, St. Lazarus, and then ended our day with uh, watching flamingos at the Salt Lake at sunset, which was amazing. So the church is right in the square. And it's a Byzantine-style church that dates back to the 9th century, and it's built over the tomb of St. Lazarus, who was resurrected by Jesus according to biblical accounts. So that's another biblical, literally, me walking uh, through history, through biblical history that I'm in awe of, and admire the church's biblical architecture, intricate iconography, and serene atmosphere as you learn about its history and religious significance. So it, definitely if you believe in God and believe in our creator in the Bible, it leaves you in awe that you are standing in the spots where things that you've read about in the Bible. After exploring St. Lazarus, take a stroll through the charming old town. There's little markets, houses, shops, cafes, and um, definitely little hidden gems along the historic heart of the city. And um, the Salt Lake, during the winter months, the lake, which I thought it was off-season, but it's actually the perfect season, is home to thousands of migratory birds, including flamingos, making it a perfect spot for bird watching. And we arrived right on the cusp of sunset and saw hundreds, if not thousands, of pink flamingos. And I tried to get really close, and it was really, really muddy. And then one of the guides or someone started yelling at me, but I also caught some great videos and snapshots that are on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram, and I'm also posting more as well, uh, as I have not fully yet shared all the content for uh, Cyprus on my Instagram yet. On YouTube, I ha well, no, on YouTube, I haven't because those Instagram reels will get reposted and repurposed automatically on YouTube too. So depending on when you listen to this, if it's recent, stay tuned, there might be more. If it's in a month or so, likely I'm done. Number five, have a beach day or more near Ayanapa in South Cyprus. As I was Googling and researching different beaches all along the coast, Ayanapa kept coming up. I found numerous beaches in the north and the south. And on our road trip to Aya before we left, I was Googling different things on different tourism sites. And I chose Konos Beach. And that was because it was super shallow. The rocks within the water and the beach were breathtaking. And, um, it was easily accessible for parking and just several different things. And I'll, I think you'll agree, it's a great choice and shallow far out too. I have a full-fledged video on it and several other spots um, along that we saw in Ayanapa that I'll talk about as well. And it is beautiful and shallow and breathtaking. 
It's located on the southeastern coast of Cyprus. Uh, so it's relatively close to the Salome ruins, but you, if you're a U.S. citizen, you would not be able to cross through that border. <laughs> it is renowned for its nightlife, especially during summer seasons. Stunning beaches, lively atmosphere. It was pretty dead when we went. Like we drove through town after to eat. And I don't know if it was a siesta or what, because it was around two or three o'clock, but there literally everything was closed. So um, after we left Konos Beach, my mom and I went to go visit Lover's Bridge, the sculpture park, which is right next to the Lover's Bridge walking distance, Sea Caves, and Aya Napa downtown. And if you split your beach day in half, it is easy to do all this in a day. I definitely recommend staying in Aya Napa longer. And if I come back to, um, if I come back to, um, Cyprus, I would definitely stay likely in that region from what I saw. So number five was a beach day near Ayanapa because Konos Beach was not exactly in Ayanapa. And number six is definitely take a road trip to Ayanapa for a day or longer. So um, side note, I definitely found the Airbnbs were less expensive in North Cyprus compared to South Cyprus because a couple times um, some of the Airbnbs I was considering when I was going to Cyprus were in Ayanapa or close to um, however, they, at the time of my booking, they were pricier and, or they were not as big and, or they didn't have access to gym amenities and a pool and so on and so forth. I actually had access to two gyms and three pools where I stayed, which was amazing. Um, the beaches, the water, the caves, the lover's bridge, the sculpture park and city are breathtaking and definitely check out my full fledged video on my YouTube channel. That's also linked in the show notes in this blog post at fitlifecreation.com backslash post backslash top things, top 10 things to do in Cyprus or to make it easier, just go to fitlifecreation.com backslash blog or my YouTube channel at limitless global girl and head on over to the Cyprus playlist. Speaking of, number seven, climb the Lover's Bridge in Ayanapa. So if you are like me and you love adventure, you will love climbing at Lover's Bridge to make memories for a lifetime. You will find me climbing the bridge in the recap of the Ayanapa. And I also have a shorter segment of 52 seconds that will be shared on my Instagram and on my uh, repurposed on all the channels through repurpose.io automatically. And it's so interesting, you guys, because when you look at the, the bridge from a distance, it looks like it's a straight shot across, but actually there's a huge like drop in like in the cavern in between. And so you end up having to walk all the way around and the video, my mom filmed it from a distance because I thought, oh, I'm gonna just go straight across. But then you see her holding the camera and then me walking all the way around. So it's really, really interesting. And then like during the summer, I would definitely climb down to the water because it's, and I saw some people doing it, but like I said, I was already cold. Like it's already chilly. Number eight, travel to Paphos for archeology span markets and food. Paphos is an adorable city and I love the old town, the markets, there's beaches, archeology span and food. I seriously had some of the best food in my life. I said that earlier, but I'm saying it again at Agora Tavern in old town. It, I found it on Google, but it was also recommended by my Airbnb host. So side note, just so you have an idea of perspective with road trips. So be, especially because of the border and having to go through Metahan, usually to get anywhere in the South, it's at least an hour and a half, at least. And initially I was going to drive to Ayanapa, come back to my Airbnb, 
And then the next day go to Paphos. However, when me and my mom were talking about it, we were like, wait a minute. If we drive to Ayanapa, that's like two, two and a half hours. Whatever time we spend there, then we drive back. That's a lot of extra time. And then the next day, you're going to have to turn around and drive back again three hours to Paphos, which is nuts. So instead, what we ended up deciding to do is leave the townhome in Kirenia, drive about two and a half hours with the stop at the border in Nicosia in the middle of Cyprus to Ayanapa, spent the, almost the entire day there, drove along the coast to Limassol, stopped at the mall to eat, etc., which was about an hour and a half. And then it was another 40 minutes to go to Paphos. We stayed two nights there. Yeah, we stayed one night and then explored um, everything in number eight, like that I'm going to talk about within Paphos, the old town, um, the archaeological center. And um, then we ended up spending the night and then the next morning went to Aphrodite's Rock. So it was perfect. And I wouldn't have changed that part at all. Other than, like I said, I would like to stay in Ayanapa a week or a month for the beaches on that side. But it would have definitely been cray cray if I would have gone from North Cyprus, driven to Aya in a day, driven back, that's an extra trip, then driven down again and driven back. So it literally would have been two extra trips instead of me going to Aya along the coast and then back. So it was basically three legs versus it would have been one, two, three, four, and the time. So it would have been one extra leg, but the time would have been a lot more constrained um, because round trip with Ayanapa is five hours from north-ish. And then round trip to Paphos is six hours-ish. So it had been 26 hours of driving just to give you perspective in driving versus I took two and a half hours to get to uh, Aya. Then it was two hours to get to Paphos. Then it was three hours to get home. So it was roughly five, about 10-ish hours versus 26. It would have been, wait, did I, maybe 16. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So five, 10 round trip to go, oh, I'm sorry, six to go round trip to Aya. And then it would have been, ah, I miscalculated. Um, it would have been 12. So save basically about three hours. I don't know where I got that from. Anyway, girl math. <laughs> oh, that's what I'll blame it on. So back to business. So Paphos, it's such an adorable city. Paphos is located in the southwestern coast. So complete opposite coast of Aya. It is a city steeped in history, culture, and beauty. It is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It boasts a rich tapestry of archaeological wonders traditional markets and landscapes. And we ended up going to Old Town and walked through the beautiful markets. We went to the iconic Agora Tavern with views of uh, Paphos and it sits at an incline and the nearby archaeological wonder of the Valley of, or the Tomb of the Kings or Valley of the Kings. And um, we didn't go to the other archaeological site just because of preference and time, but you definitely can. And you can definitely take a look at my vlog for Paphos in, in Cyprus via my YouTube channel and are linked in the blog. 
Number nine, marvel at Aphrodite's rock. When I heard that Aphrodite's rock and or fabled birthplace was in Cyprus, I definitely wanted to visit. Again, I'm a water girl. I love all things water, self-love, care, beauty. It is between Paphos and Limassol. It was on our way when we left Paphos through going through to Limassol and then back up north to Nicosia. It's also known as Petro to Romano, if I'm saying that right. The signs, uh, whether you use your GPS, it's 100% correct. Whether um, you watch the signs as you're leaving Paphos, also super easy to follow. It is a geological formation located along the southwestern coast near the city of Paphos. According to Greek mythology, the striking sea stack is the legendary birthplace of Aphrodite, the goddess of love, beauty, and fertility. Bonus, it's 100% free to visit in January 2024. Like Cyprus had so many places, you guys, for free. Like Lover's Bridge is free. The Sculpture Park was free. Uh, Aphrodite's Rock was free. I meant to mention this too. Uh, Let's see. The sea caves were free. The beaches that we visited um, in uh, from the coast in Ayanapa were free. So there's a lot of things you can see absolutely for free, okay? Number 10, and maybe it's because it's season. So again, don't quote me, don't shoot the messenger, but there was many things that like had nobody accessible to pay anything, not even parking, like parking was free. Number 10, visit Nicosia's old town, the capital of Cyprus. I talked about this a bit earlier. If you're a non-EU citizen like me and want to travel north and south, you will drive through the middle of town and old town when you cross the border. I made it a point to stop and go to Ledra Square, the old town and Eleftheria Square, which is beautiful. And I went to the tower to get a beautiful viewpoint as well that's in old town um, of the city. And like I said, if I go back, I would definitely visit the Haman that's known in Nicosia as well. So let me know if you end up going to Cyprus or adding Cyprus to your list. It will absolutely amaze you. Have you heard of Cyprus before the show? Whether you want to experience Kyrenia, Bella Pais, the ruins, the beaches or adventures or Aphrodite's Rock or any of my other top 10 things to do, you will love it. What interests you the most to do? And if you love this, definitely check out my other top 10 things to do in cities and countries all around the world and my 75 plus tips, tools, and tech to create it in the link in the show notes. As always, create, transform, and inspire because you are born to. All the food chats on faith, wellness, money, marketing, business, and travel so you create a life and business haven't already. Head on over to the blog, the podcast, and the freebies to jumpstart your transformation. If you're ready to dive into the online courses, the live events, or the retreat. And if you want to create with our community on an even deeper level, definitely check out our internships, our influencer collaborations, management, and brand engagement. Let's create it.